Fan-Sided MMA and Sports Illustrated MMA present the Extra Rounds Podcast. Yes, exactly! Let's go get him, huh? We're gonna shake things up. Now, here is your host, Mike Hack. Alright, welcome to a special bonus edition of the Extra Rounds Podcast. On Fansided MMA and Sports Illustrated MMA, my name is Mike Heck. I am your host. Thank you for having us on. Thank you for downloading this episode. And thank you to all of you who have subscribed to the show on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't done so yet, it takes you literally three seconds to do. You find Extra Rounds Podcast, you drop the Superman punch on the subscribe button, and that's it. If you get a couple extra minutes to spare, leave a five-star rating, some kind words. That stuff goes a long way. We appreciate that. Before we get into our very special interview, I want to shout out our great sponsor at TestStripsWithTheZ.com. Managing diabetes is your business. Making it affordable is theirs. You can sell your extra unused diabetes supplies for up to $50 per box and support the fight against diabetes. Maybe you've switched brands of testing supplies. Maybe there's an accumulation and overstock of supplies over time. Maybe you've had a... The unfortunate news of a relative or significant other pass away. Either way, you can turn your extra unused supplies into cash. They buy all major brands of glucose test strips and lances, including AccuCheck, Bayer, Freestyle, and OneTouch. And they offer a simple-to-use, fully automated platform where individuals can submit your orders, request prepaid shipping labels to ship your items. Once teststrips.com receives your package, they'll send your payment within 24 hours via business check or PayPal. It's just that simple. Then they will resell those supplies for significantly reduced prices, Sometimes up to 80 to 90% off pharmacy prices. And that helps out people who can't afford it, who aren't covered by insurance, and it prevents good supplies from expiring going to waste. For more information, test strips with the Z.com or call 885 855, excuse me, 787 4791, 855 strips one. Big shout out to teststrips.com. All right, we're going to get right into this thing. We got a very special interview because there's a big thing happening this weekend in theaters near you. We're going to talk to former UFC veteran, former Bellator veteran, IFL, Strike Force, Affliction. Guy's been all over the place. Jay Haran's going to join us. He retired from the sport in 2014. His last fight was in 2013 against Tyron Woodley. It did not go very well for him. And now he is doing the, the feature film thing. And television, he's doing stunt work, he's getting into acting a little bit, and he is actually going to be in the new Equalizer 2 movie, which is going to premiere in theaters this Friday, June the 20th, from one volatile business to another, and Jay Haran's going to join us on the show. Working with Denzel Washington, I know Donald Cerrone's in the movie, I know Andre Olofsky's in the movie, and we're going to talk to Jay Haran about his MMA career, how he transitioned to what he's doing now, and we're going to talk about his role in the Equalizer 2 and what it was like to work with one of the greatest actors of all time in Denzel Washington. And as a matter of fact, we're going to be joined right now by Jay Haran. Let us connect with him. All right, let's get right to our very special guest. This guy has seen it all in the sport of mixed martial arts, 30 professional fights. You've seen him in the likes of IFL, Affliction, WEC, Strikeforce, Bellator, the UFC. I mean, he's fought the likes of George St. Pierre, Ben Askren, Joe Riggs, and many, many more. And now you can find him on the big screen, on your television screens, and he'll be featured in the new movie, The Equalizer 2, starring Denzel Washington, which will be in theaters on Friday. And I'm happy to be joined by Jay Haran. Jay, how are you? Thank you for doing this, man. 
I'm great. How you doing, Mike? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, congratulations on everything, first off. And we'll get more into the film and everything in a minute. But being part of a movie like this with a guy like Denzel Washington, the the story with The Equalizer being one of those sort of cult classic action films, the big release across the board coming up in a couple of days. What have these last couple of weeks been like for you? Has it been pretty crazy? Yeah, pretty crazy. Doing a lot of press, uh, you know, just uh, a lot of interviews. And you know, for me, I actually went to premiere last night, and it, it was incredible. The movie turned out better than I could expect. It was, you know, I was I was like, you know, because I liked the first one, you know, and I was like, oh, that's going to be hard to beat, and and it was better than the first one. So it was, it was incredible. So when it wrapped up, you know, because you kind of had a, an expectation heading into it when the movie ended, where you're just like, oh my god, this is like nothing that I could have expected here. Yeah, yeah, and I worked on it, and then just, you know, <laughs> the, it was it, it, across the board. It had everything. It had heart. It had drama. It had, of course, big time action, and it just, you know, it was uh, well done. You know, everybody on it. You know, great actors. Um, it was just great movie. Of course, a lot of people listening right now remember you from the world of mixed martial arts. You ran down your credentials a little bit earlier, and you retired in 2014 from mixed martial arts. But you've been a part of this other world with the with TV and movies and and everything for quite some time here, especially with your work doing stunts. But how did this all begin for you getting into this completely different world? I mean, honestly, it kind of fell on my lap. I started training with Randy Couture. I know you probably heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> um, Six-time six world champ. Um I started training with Randy Gator around, around 2005, and we kind of formed a team. And I was on the team, and um, I, he was he was doing his thing with acting, like you know, dipping and dabbing in that acting, and that's kind of how I got interested in it. And um, he kind of introduced me to a few people, and I kind of I started doing it on the side. I didn't think, oh, I'm gonna, you know, this is gonna be my next career or. I want to be an actor or I want to do stunts or anything like that. I just kind of, you know, it kind of fell on my lap and I kind of started going with it. And then over time, you know, I started meeting people and then I started really getting interested in it. And then I was already doing it for a few years. And then around my last fight, I fight for Tyrone Woodley. And after that fight, you know, I just kind of sat down with myself and I'm like, ah, you know what, let me try to make a run for this business and see if I can make it. And, Never look back. <laughs> <laughs> like, as you're really getting into everything, I was going through IMDb and, and kind of seeing some of the things you've been doing. I mean, you're you're right in the middle of an incredible winning streak in mixed martial arts. I mean, between your fights and Force, Bellator, Affliction, and I believe at one point you had a 10-fight winning streak, and you won the Bellator welterweight tournament. You become a very recognizable name in the sport. Was life a little crazy for you at that point? Was it just super busy? Because, I mean, you had the fighting going on, and then you were starting to, to really dive into to the stunt work. Yeah, very busy. You know, um definitely uh when i wasn't fighting or or wasn't in camp i was definitely pursuing uh, film film stuff um but um you know again i was content when i retired i felt like you know i i took it as as far as i could uh, you know i felt i could have done better or you know I, I was definitely trying to chase the the ufc world title but you know i gambled on myself on that contract which was you know, it was a shit contract with it, which I signed. But you know, as a fighter, you you know, the, you got to believe in yourself, number one. And um, I did that, and you know, it just didn't go my way. It wasn't in my cards, which is totally fine. I mean, I like I said, I feel super content with my career in fighting. You know, if it wasn't for fighting, I wouldn't it wouldn't open my doors to what I'm doing now. So, um, 
you know, it was just my time when I when I retired. And, uh, you know, I kind of, again, you know, you go through a fork in the road in life, and I was like, all right, let me try this left wing and see if it works out. And, and it's been great. When I had mentioned that you were going to come on and join me for a chat, people started emailing me a bunch of different things. And, you know, one of the things that people brought up a lot, you know, when talking about the welterweight division, which you were a big part of, they talk about the best 170 pounders on the planet. Ben Askren is in that discussion. And you fought him back in 2011 and you lost a razor close split decision. And Askren still talks about that fight as his toughest fight ever. And a lot of people consider that one like the turning point in his career because he really had to dig down deep to get a victory over you. You're the guy that truly tested him. So when you look back at that fight, what kind of comes to mind for you? Um, I, I thought I won that fight. I mean, I fought him in his hometown. It was, it was, a, it was a good, great fight, I think. Uh, you know, uh, you can't leave it to the judges. But, um, you know, talking about Ben, he, yeah, he, he's a really, really awkward guy. But he's very great at what he does awkward that it's hard to train for him. And it's just, you know, he does so much stuff that you can't train for and great at it that I mean he's just a hard guy to fight or a hard guy to beat so yeah I feel he's definitely one of the top guys if he um, he didn't he didn't, I, I don't think he feel like he was getting his recognition that's maybe why he retires you know so uh, yeah but he's definitely he was definitely up there when he, when he was competing top five for sure in the world you mentioned your retirement, how you felt good about it. It was the time. And more often than not in the sport, retirements in MMA, they, they just don't stick. Like that itch for some reason always seems to resurface. At any point since then, or even now, has that itch resurfaced at all? Do you find yourself missing competition at all, getting in the cage and fighting another man? Well, I, did, I didn't announce my retirement right away. I, I fought Woodley and I didn't announce it for like a year just to see if those feelings would come back. Maybe a big payday. Maybe something that would spark my interest or that fire would start burning again. Um, so, I, no, you know, it, it's this business for me started taking off. You know, I started landing bigger and bigger gigs and it's uh, been a blessing. And, you know, anytime, anytime I'm feeling froggy, I just jump. I'll go spar. And it'll put me back in reality. Trust me. <laughs> I go down to extreme, extreme couture. You know, we got top-level guys in there. We got guys fighting our main events in UFC. Uh, Brad Tavares is down there. We got, you know, Gray Main is down there. You know, Mike Pyle, he just retired. He was down there training. So, you know, whenever I want to feel like, oh, yeah, I feel, you know, I, I, I got the itch, I'll just go down there and get some rounds in. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know what? Uh, I'm going back to the film business. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I know. I, I, <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I, st- I still love, of course, I still love to train. I'm still in there training. So I, if I didn't, if I didn't train anymore, maybe I would have more minutes. But I still, I still train. You know, I'm still sparring. Uh, you know, not again. I don't get hit as hard as when I was active professional fighter. Of course not. But I'm still in there moving around, and and uh, I'm around the guys that fights coming up. I'm still feeling this game. But um, yeah, I still now I have a passion for something else. So that flame for fighting kind of, you know, went down. Are, are you still an active, are you a guy that still watches the sport when it's on? I mean, obviously you have teammates who are competing and everything. Are you an active fight fan these days? Yeah, I mean, especially, you know, like I said, I got a lot, we got a lot of guys from um, my trainer that, that are active and um, of course I try to definitely catch all their fights. Do I watch every fight? No. 
absolutely, I mean, you can't. How can you watch every it's fight? too much. They have <laughs> fight every three days. There's a you know, different <laughs> fight on. You know, I don't even know who's who anymore. But, you know, definitely the guys I followed when I was in the sport that are still fighting, I watched them. But, of course, the guys that I trained with. Uh, but I don't catch all of them. So you've made the transition to, to acting to stunts, and I feel like in a lot of ways the approach to this world and to MMA, there's a lot of similarities there. Like when you're evolving in MMA, there comes a point where that moment happens, like something truly clicks and you, and you begin to realize you have a really high ceiling and that you're off to the races. And I assume in this world, and I'm in radio, so I have no idea what it would be like to be in your shoes on camera, but there's more of the same when you perform a certain way, you get the kudos, then you realize, hey, I, I've really got something here. Was there a role, a moment, a, a show or a movie you were a part of where that happened for you? Um, I, I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't say, you know, Similar to MMA, it's it's, a, it's I think it's a different. I mean, because you can't really control anything in this game. You know, it's weird to say or it sounds crazy, but I think in fighting you can control a little bit more. If you go out and knock somebody out, you know you won the fight. Now you need that better contract. You know, whereas this, it's always up to somebody else's decision. You know, you have to get committed, or you know, like me, I'm an I'm an actor, but I do all my own stunts, so. So a lot of the stuff I get, I have to audition for, or they submit me for my my headshot, or you know somebody has to pick me. So there's always a decision that has to be made on on this end. Whereas in fighting, you know you could kind of control the decision if you go out and win a fight. You know it's still crazy to say like, oh, you have to win this fight, and then you get this more money. So I mean, <laughs> but this game is just like, um, you know, it's always in somebody else's hands. So to speak. So would it be fair for me to say that it's a little more difficult to navigate through the world you're in now as opposed to MMA? Uh, not, not more difficult, but it, it definitely has its own obstacles. They're both difficult for sure. Like somebody asked me that question, what's harder? I mean, going and fighting a hand, a man hand-to-hand combat with submissions, you know, until a guy quits or gets knocked out, it, it, there's nothing compared to that, you know what I mean? But... <laughs> This business as well, it has its, its obstacles, you know, it's just, you know, a lot of rejection, you know, a lot of ups and downs, you just got to ride the wave, like, after a gig, you don't even know when the next gig is coming, again, I'm pretty networked in, so I'm confident, I know, you know, people are going to call me, I'm on pretty much everybody's radar, that, that if there's a fight role, you know, my name's on that list, I'll probably get a call, but again, it's not for sure, you know. So these are things. These are the things you you deal with in, in this type of business. Where again, like I said, it's, every decision is up to somebody. You know, it's kind of like not in your control. Like in a fight, you can you have a little bit of control if you go out there and win that fight or knock a guy out. You know, okay, let's go re- renegotiate or my next fight I need more money kind of thing. So they're both, but they're both very. They're both um, have their own obstacles. They're both, you know definitely have hurdles and and things you got to jump over. Let's talk about The Equalizer, too, because I saw the original Equalizer movie, and you talked about it as well. I still catch it when it's on TV. Denzel Washington is just an absolute monster in the movie. You you love that movie, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so good. I love it, too. It's so underrated. I, I did not, I swear to you, I did not know if they could top that one, even though I'm a part of this one, because I'm like, oh, I, I was a part of the action on my scene. I knew how what we put into it, but I still was like, the first one was so good, dude. Let me tell you, man. <laughs> it's so the awesome. The second one is better than the first. 
Well, it was crazy. I mean, talk about how this all came to be for you to get this opportunity. And, and once you got it, what was your reaction once it came to fruition? Uh, so I got a call from, um, um, I got a call to get to audition. I auditioned for the fourth part. Um, they called me back. They like no audition. I auditioned for another part. They called me back. I auditioned again. I, you know, so now here comes, now I'm going to tell you, now I'm going to show you how this business works. I didn't hear nothing for about a week and a half, so I was already, you know, I've kind of been in the business a while, so you got to let stuff go. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> if you don't hear anything after a week, a week and a half, you didn't get the part, move on. Move on to what's next, because if you hold on to it, you're going to just, it's out of your control. So that's what I did. I kind of let it go. But, so I get a call from the, um, the, the action coordinator, the stunt coordinator, saying, Jay, they like you. I was like, great. So he started sending me like the previs, which is like the, the scenario of the fight. And I was like, oh, it's awesome. All right, cool. So on a Monday, he calls me back, Jay, sorry to do this, man, but, you know, they want to go with a recognizable actor in that spot. It's a big time spot. But, yo, I'm pushing for you. I'm fighting with you. Just stand by, dude, because if, you know, because I'm an actor that does all my own stunts and, and everything in this fight is crazy, man. It's so detailed. Of course, the director, he has he has a great eye for detail. He does everything, like, you know, incredibly detailed. So, long story short, they unbooked me kind of thing, where where they kind of booked me, but I didn't get the contract, but I was kind of booked, and they unbooked me. So then the, the Jeff Dashner, J.J. Dashner, they're the, they're the, the stunt coordinator. They fought, they fought for me, man. So they had a two-hour meeting, and then they ended up getting a gig back. So it's great. It's great to, because I, I uh, you know, I had a fight to get this role, and um, I got it. So that that feels even better. What does that feel like knowing that you had people in your corner fighting for you to get this role like this? Incredible, because even them, they I'd never worked for them prior to this. You know, they just have a good buddy that that really vouched for me and went, you know, said I'm I'm solid, and and they they uh they went to back of me, man. They did a two hour meeting, you know why I should get the part. And, you know, I uh, I ended up getting it. And you know, I told him when I got it, bro, I'm going to kill it for you, man. That's what I did. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so without giving too much away here, because we want to spend our hard-earned dollars to, to see you in action. So what, what is your role in the yeah. movie? Like, what is your storyline, so to speak, in The Equalizer 2? Um, I play an assassin, and I'm trying to, you know, I'm incognito trying to get at um, Robert McCall's character. I'm Denzel Washington's character, which is Robert, Robert McCall. So, you know, it's great, man. Um, uh, the action is definitely A++. The whole movie, the fights, the, you know, my scene is, you know, crazy. So, can't wait, can't wait to everybody see it. I mean, Everybody's going to enjoy this. You're obviously a, a part of a, a very good scene in the movie, but where would you rank yours compared? I mean, because you've seen the whole thing. Where would you rank yours compared to some of the other action scenes in the film? Mine's the best action scene in the movie. Come on, man. <laughs> I didn't Come expect on, you to man. say anything less. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, the, whole, the crowd was clapping when mine was clapping. mine. You know what I mean? Whoa. We got busy. <laughs> no, no, honestly, the whole, I mean, the, the, the whole action of the whole movie was incredible. The, the fights were, were, you know, they had great guys working for them. You know, again, Jeff Dashnell, J.J. Dashnell, they're, they're like, 
one of the best action teams in the business, and you know they they did their thing. Um, of course, the director Antoine Fuqua, he's a he's he's a legend, man. All his movies are are, are you know box hits, man. You know, great, great, great movies. Um, and then of course, you know, you got the goat Denzel. <laughs> you know, he has his own swag to to how he comes to to you know his his, his fighting style. You know. And he knows his character so well, so it comes across on screen. Yeah, Denzel is is right up there. Anyone who has a list of the cream of the crop in in Hollywood always has Denzel yeah. on there. And I quote Training Day at least once a day at my other job, yeah. no doubt about it. But what what was it like for you to work with Denzel? Um, it was it was it was it was intense, man. You know, he he definitely equalized a hundred percent. He was he was in character. You know, um, when I like when when we first got to set, when I first met him, met him, he was already where he needed to be in his own. So it was great because it brought my level up. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, he was just, so I was just watching him and, you know, I, I got a model. I listen more than I talk. You know, you got two ears, one mouth. Listen more than you talk and, you know, everything falls into place. <laughs> That's what I did. And it was great. I mean, he felt my vibe. Like I was, being, you know, just straight professional. And then after a while, though, you know, the scene took a few weeks to do. And, um, you know, when he got comfortable, dude, we just, he was telling me stories about glory and just, you know, it was crazy. I was just grabbing all those gems, just, just listening. That's amazing stuff. Did you did you take anything away? Was it a learning experience for you to, to, to work with someone like Denzel? Yeah, just, you know, his, uh, his, you know, he goes deep in the character. He's just real professional. And, you know, he's about his business, man. That's, that's for sure. He's about his business, man. When, when he's there... When he's clocked in, he's clocked in. He's that character, and, and that's what it is, man. He, he's definitely the equalizer. I, I was wondering about this because, you know, obviously you're in a in a sport with the, that's just growing rapidly every year. You're a big part of the welterweight division for, for quite some time, 30 professional fights. When you're on set, do, do, do any of these actors you work with, do, do they recognize you at all? Do they come up to you and talk MMA with you or anything like that? I mean, absolutely. There's so many. I mean, it's kind of incredible because a lot of, you know, a lot of big-time actors are MMA fans. So I always give respect just, you know, even if they don't know that I was a fighter right away or they don't know who I am, once they know that I'm an MMA fighter or I have 30 fights, whatever, they, it's, it's a total, it's, it's nothing but love and respect. They want to talk about it. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's incredible, yeah. I know um, Donald Cerrone and Andre Arlovsky are part of this movie as well, and the MMA circle is a small one, but you know, much like you may get some knowledge from your peers like a Denzel. Were you helping those guys along the way? Were they trying to gain some wisdom from you at all during this whole thing? No, no, no. They, they've been doing their own thing. I know Cowboy's done a couple of uh, films and, and uh, Arlovsky as well. So, you know, uh, no, no, I'm cool with all those guys, but uh, especially Cowboy, that's my man. He, he did a... We, we uh, hung out a lot on on the when we were on Equalizer, but now nah, these guys have been doing that thing. They already, you know, they're doing that thing already. Cowboy did a he had a starring role role in the film. I'm not sure the name of it, but yeah, it's a independent film. Couple more things for let you go, and I, I truly appreciate everything. We, I kind of went off on a tangent there. Uh, probably kept you a little bit longer than you expected, and I and I appreciate your patience. But when you kind of look back on your MMA career. I mean, are there any regrets? I mean, I know you really wanted that Nick Diaz fight in Strike Force, and it never really happened. It never came together the way you expected it to. It was signed at one point, and it never came together, and you really wanted it. But do you have any regrets looking back? 
No, no regrets. If you hold on to stuff, you know, it just, you know, it, it doesn't let you move forward in life. So, again, once I came to the decision to retire in 2000, after my Tyrone Woodley fight, I was, I was totally cool, I was content, and I was ready to move on. You know, and that's why I've excelled at what I'm doing now. You know, I noticed a long time ago that you can't be holding on to things. And I had a good, and I had a, I feel like I had a good career. I, I feel I could have done a lot more. I could, you know, but I definitely tried to be the best fighter I could be. And, uh, and that's what I'm content with. I, when I traveled in the world, I fought the best in the world. I, it opened my doors to something I'm doing now that I love. I'm cool. I'm very happy. <laughs> Someone literally just emailed me two seconds ago and asked me to ask you this question because you have been in the cage and, and fought both guys. If Ben Asker were to fight GSP, a fight that fans have been asking for, who you got? Um, I don't know, dude. They're both coming off, like, retirement, right? I mean, GSP is, oh, he just recently fought, but they're both inactive. So whoever comes in the best shape, I mean, uh, you know, uh, I think GSP has a blueprint to beat him for sure, you know, if he keeps it on the feet. But Ben Askren, is, is, he's a hard guy to you know, deal with. Like I said, he has that awkward style. It would definitely probably be who, who would uh, who would come more hungry and you know with a better uh, better game plan and in better shape and all that probably. Last question for me: Anything else? Yeah. I mean, I, I know you're very busy with Equalizer Two here. That's getting ready to come out this Friday. But anything else coming down the road for you on television or movies that you could talk about that we can be on the lookout for? Um, couple things in the works right now. Nothing really that um. That uh, that chat, nothing really chat and stone, but um, um, yeah, definitely July twentieth this Friday. Equalizer two is gonna be a smash hit. Everybody go see it. You will, you will not be disappointed. It's gonna be great. Jay Haran, ladies and gentlemen, look for him in the Equalizer two set to hit theaters this Friday the twentieth. If you like action, if you like you know a little salt and pepper on the steak here, you'll surely get it with this one. Jay is in the movie, and I can't wait to see it. Jay. I truly appreciate this, man. It means the world that we can make this happen. Thank you so much. All the best to you. Congratulations on everything, and I can't wait to see you in the Equalizer 2. Thank you very much. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. All right, there he is, Jay Haran. That was great stuff right there on this bonus edition of the Extra Rounds podcast. Great stuff. I mean, talk about a guy who, you know, there, there's a lot of fighters out there who, you know, once their career's over, they're, they're trying to figure out what's next, you know, what to do moving forward, and... And Jay has found himself, and I, I feel like a lot of fighters can can look to Jay to for, for guidance and everything. That was just really great stuff. It was it was awesome. Enjoyed talking to him for the very first time, and uh, I want to thank Illumination and and Jay Haran for getting this all set up and put together. And there you have it. If you're an MMA fan, definitely go check out that movie because you're supporting MMA in a lot of ways with Jay Haran and Donald Cerrone, Andre Arlovsky in the film as well, Denzel Washington action, fight scenes, lots of ways to cinematically be killed. (laughs) You're going to see all that in this movie coming out on Friday. And that's it, everybody. And this this episode is a perfect example of why you should subscribe to the Extra Rounds podcast on Apple Podcasts because you never know when things are going to drop. Things could just come out of nowhere and... I try to make them happen, and that's what just happened here today. So big thank you once again to Jay Haran. Big thank you to you guys for listening. Make sure you subscribe, like I said. Leave a five-star rating. Leave some kind words, all that good stuff. 
Big thank you to TestTrips.com, the sponsor of the podcast. Managing diabetes is your business, and making it affordable is theirs. You can turn your extra unused diabetes supplies into cashola, up to $50 per box. TestTrips with a Z.com. Follow me on Twitter at MikeHeck underscore JR. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Extra Rounds. And we'll see you next week, everybody. 